Welcome to the Casual Vibe Pod. This is your host, and I'm joined here today by Josue. I've known Josue since what, like the freshman year of high school. That's even. when we started being like real good, like close I'm, friends. I mean, I've known you since since middle school. Exactly, but like we got really close our like freshman, freshman year. year. And then guess what, guys? I left Robert Morgan my freshman year, and then we just completely just lost contact. This is the first time we've seen each other in like. Probably four sophomore year, four or five years, bro. Sophomore year, something like that. Yeah. Crazy. All right, man. Look, I'm going into this completely blind. I don't know anything about you, bro. It's been like zero dark thirty for like three years. So tell me, okay. like, like what happened after high school, like freshman year? So, I mean, freshman year, we, we we go back way then. So like way back to that. So I think it's better to start senior year after graduation. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, high school, like, it's typical for everybody. Like, you just go through it, you graduate, you go to college. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of people kind of knew what they wanted to do or, like, what field they were going to study or, like, their plan was some people went military, some people went college, um, some people went straight to work. You know, all those options are fine. I I chose to go to college, right? Initially, I was going to go to the Navy after, like, senior year, and I was, like, crazy about it. You know, like I was talking with a recruiter. Um, they gave me like a thing and everything I wore at graduation. I gotta see if I find a picture of that so you can put it up. Exactly, yeah. I could but do like, that. Um, they gave me like a stole, like the, the ribbon things. Mm-hmm. Um, it said Navy on oh, it. Oh, graduation, right? Yeah, I sat up on the stage at graduation because uh, of my position that I held in like senior council. Um, in Morgan? Yeah, Morgan. Oh, so, oh, so you stuck there all four years? Yeah, so seen, uh, through high school, I started at Morgan and I finished at Morgan. Um, okay. I know a lot of people like switched around. Like I have a friend who went to Reef and then he went to Varela. I know you went to Morgan and then Varela. So, um, I, I stuck there like the, all the whole four years. So for the most part, my senior year came around. I was like, I want to be really involved. You know, I want to, oh, cool. I want to like just get as much on paper as I can. So when I start up like applying, I have some like weight to me. Now it didn't dawn on me that maybe I should have started a little bit sooner so I had a little bit more history, you know. Yeah. Um, like you know, instead of just one year at a club, I maybe had like two. But whatever. So I remember junior year they put us in the auditorium. I don't know if you remember what it looks like, you know, with the stage and then like the seats. Probably Dude, honestly I can I completely forgot how that yeah. I remember is the is a gym. That's all okay, I so yeah, so it's the auditorium's like right in the middle of the campus. We have an open campus. I mean, most people who live around here probably seen like oh wait you mean like so you mean like auditorium as in like the school the one right the, next to the cafeteria outside no inside. so you know how outside it's I, you like, know what it's coming it's coming back to me now yeah so it's, you know how we had north and south campus yeah and then between both campuses we had a giant open area with yeah. the open roof mm-hmm. right on the back side of the main wall there's the there's auditorium, the auditorium with i remember the, now with the glass so they take us all in there it was like an optional meeting during lunch you know you got your food and then you sat down and you heard the presentation um, and at the end of it, they were like, all right, write down your name and the position. They had like a big thing up on the projector with all the positions and what they do. Um, and I got smart about it. I was like, I want a position because I want to be in this club. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get smart about it. A lot of people went for president, vice president, treasurer, you know, whatever. I was like, what's one? Let me let me look at this paper really quick. What's one that I only see maybe once or twice? Boom. Historian. So Boom. I, li- I, I exactly like I finesse the system. Nobody was going for it, so I didn't have to run against anybody. I didn't have to campaign. I just got it. I was the only person that's that crazy. signed up. That's, that's big brain. Something similar to that's gonna pop up again in a little bit. Like, okay, I'm gonna. You're gonna see how like my thinking works. 
And I got the position, and then my whole senior year, I'm not going to say I slacked, but I definitely had a little bit more privilege than others mm-hmm. being on student council. Um, they gave us, like, jerseys with, like, you know, the name and the year and stuff and our position. And it was super cool. Um, but for the most part, those people, the perk was you get to sit on stage at graduation. So we're one of the first people to actually get our diplomas. Oh, okay. So I didn't have to, like, sit through the whole wow. thing. I mean, I still did, but for the most part, I already had it in my head. Dude, hindsight twenty twenty, bro. Exactly. It's just, it's just like, it's like chess for you, bro. I, I had to like kind of like play it around because I figured my name starts with my last name starts with a G and it's based on last name, and back well now it is back then if I remember it was based on last name and academy, so you remember we had academies different programs. Um, Mine was like computers, or IT or, or yeah, whatever so you, it was. So actually, I had to register. That means anything. So that's that's back then freshman yeah. year you weren't there sophomore year exactly sophomore year we switched principals we switched principals three times so you had davis that was the original principal i'll never forget her because the school was like falling apart when she was yeah. there it was terrible we had what was called the skittle shirts um no way so yeah we had skittle shirts remember every academy had a different color shirt. oh yeah, yeah. pink green yeah. purple blue so it's kind of lame yeah so then fox came in that was like the principal that was there pretty much up until my like my graduation, and then after I graduated 2020, he left. Turns out that school is like a good stepping stone for people who want to go to the county and work at like the board level, because it's like a, not a reform school, but it's a school where a lot of people jump off and end up going to work at the county. So Davis did it, Fox did it. Point is, he came in, he changed the whole thing. He changed the logos, he changed the patches that we were on the shirts, changed the, the uniform policies. Uh, so for the most part, he made it a better school. Cool. Cause no, was, I remember I left because it was like, first of all, it was just like, well, because of that as well. Like, I mean, now that I think about it, it was just kind of lame, bro. Like, like the uniform was just like, yeah, like yeah. bright red. No and, sports was a big one too. Like oh, I yeah, complained no about no sports. Was there sports by the end of so, the... So it, it always stayed the same. The only way you could play sports was at your homeschool. Us living where we do, being in a different zip code from the actual school. Because um, we were magnet students. So yeah. we, we got to travel, but... Um, we had to play if we wanted to sports app or uh, sunset. sunset three three one nine six. That's a sunset yeah. school. So, um, and then anybody that lives like a couple blocks behind me um, from my parents' house, they go to South Dade. Yeah, which I think South Dade. Yeah, South Dade. You know, speaking of homeschools and Sunset and whatnot, that was a hassle for me to transfer because I always wondered how you did it. What I had to do was I had to enroll in Sunset. I had to pay my, my entire classes and everything. Okay. Every class, I had a whole, I had a whole schedule. Can I drink this? Yeah, that's yours. Yeah, I, I had, I had a whole schedule, dude, and then I had to enroll, and then I had to drop out immediately, because I had to, because I was magnet, I guess. I had to like, I had to enroll first in my homeschool, and then I can go to another school, for some reason. So, so I chose Varela. I don't know why I chose Varela. I think it was because all my friends were there. So you left from Robert Morgan. Had to transfer back to your homeschool and then immediately drop out after enrolling. Yeah. To then apply to Varela, or you got to go straight to Varela. I, I don't think you applied to Varela. I think it's just, it's a public school, so so, so you, you just you just you didn't change like your address or anything. You know what? I think I did. Yeah, because I I remember like a lot of people were doing that. They would like switch around their address and then they just like literally find somebody who lived who lived there right next to the school dude i think i didn't do that bro actually that just came back to my i think i like my mom had like a friend who lives right there yeah something like that and we used their address and we had to provide like 
bill, yeah, like, like bills, bills and stuff. Bills, yeah. I, that was so sketch, but yeah. I got into it. I mean, honestly, I'm not going to complain. Like, I made a lot of memories in that school. So. Yeah. I mean, high school, like, it's been what? Like, I graduated in 19, class of 19, born in 2022. So it's been like three years since I graduated, almost four now. So, I mean, I still think back, like, high school to me, I won't say I peaked in high school but i definitely like, have fond memories of <laughs> yes it. dude it's just it's just so i mean I think it's, it's because we're so fresh you know i like, think yeah it could be that or maybe i think it's the fact for me that like you know it was that that sweet spot especially like junior senior year where um you know like you're you got a little bit of freedom but you don't have a lot of responsibility like now you know we're in college we got jobs um, yeah, lots of bills to pay. Bills, credit cards, cars. It's just, it, it's just a responsibility. You know? Exactly, it's different. Like back, back then, back then like, it was like you know, you just work and then exactly. you spend the money on whatever you on want. whatever you wanted. Exactly. Now there's not that not, freedom. Yeah, now you have the budget and whatnot. Exactly. Okay, so so what happened after graduation? So I graduated class of nineteen, um, and I went. I was gonna go to the navy. That didn't work out for whatever reason, um, and I ended up just going a date. Right. So I, I applied to a different a couple different universities, uh, Florida Gulf Coast, Stetson, um, FSU, FAU, um, and then I think FIU, like everybody else. Um, so FIU and Miami-Dade were, you know, locks. You get in just yeah. for applying. Um, FIU actually got deferred. I think I applied too late and they deferred me Damn. like a semester. Yeah. Because um, I was like, I applied right on the deadline. Um, but those two were like locked down no matter what. And then Gulf Coast, they accepted me for the fall. Stetson accepted me for the spring. Um, and FAU accepted me for the fall as well. In the end, I just, I figured out like financial aid wise, cause I wanted to utilize that as much as I could. Um, not cause of anything, but bro, it's like, it's free money. It's free money, it's man. It's free money. But I wanted to like maximize it and really figure out how I can get the most out of it. And I've actually learned a lot about like college because of my struggles with Miami Dade and how okay. bad it's been. So in hindsight, I probably should have gone to like FIU or something, but it worked out. I ended up at Miami Dade. Um, nothing I get in, I want to study medicine. You know, I always said like, I wanted to work in the medical field. I never wanted to be a doctor cause it's too much schooling. So by the time I actually enjoy the rewards of like paying off the loans and having a little bit of like profit in my pocket. Dude. You know, my uncle's a lawyer, yeah, and he's still paying a student. Exactly, and you know how old he is? He's like, he's like in his forties. Exactly. So like, I didn't want to be like a fifty-something-year-old doctor and then finally be able to like maybe afford a Lamborghini. Yeah, maybe, you know? maybe exactly because you pay off the loans. You got to by that point you're paying kids. Like you're paying kids to go to school. You got a mortgage. Exactly. So I wanted to be like smart. I said, "What can I do that nobody else is really doing or figuring out?" Everybody thinks nurse, everybody thinks doctor, everybody thinks anesthesiologist, surgeon, brain surgeon, you know, like the big title jobs. Mm -hmm. Figured out what a PA was. A physician's assistant. All the perks of a doctor, none of the responsibility or schooling. So you you actually work with the doctor. I mean, I think you work in healthcare. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so true. I, yeah, physician's assistant. That's like, um, like they see patients as well. Exactly. But they don't like, it's like, like you said, like there's not as much responsibility. Exactly. It's like, you still see patients, you can still prescribe medications, but it's just like... That was like my biggest thing. It's like, I'm playing doctor. Yeah. Without like, you know, if something goes terribly wrong, it's not me. I mean, I'll get in trouble and I'll probably lose my job, but it's not as bad as like getting my title or like my license. Yeah, yeah. revoked. Yeah. So, because it's just a master's degree when I really look into it. 
But I realized something. I can't stand the sight of blood. Really? I should have figured that out after a year in college. Wow. I can't stand the sight of blood. They were showing us like films and whatnot or like medical films of like procedures. And I was like, this is not for me. So, so what happens when you see blood? Do you like pass out? No, you I faint? don't pass out. But it like... It, it, it irks like, you. It, irks it you. puts this thing in me like, you ever drink orange juice? And then okay. like you kind of grind your teeth and it gives oh, you like that weird oh, feeling. Stop, bro. Stop. Yeah, that's kind of like what I got inside of me when I see blood. Like, Dude, it's crazy. Know, not, not like a paper cut or, or like a Just a lot of gushing blood. Yeah, like somebody's like open chest. You know, I mean that is kind of freaky, bro. Not gonna lie, like it's like, not for like everybody, like open chest surgery or, or I, open heart surgery. I remember I asked somebody. I had a really good friend in that class. Um, it was an anatomy class, but our professor was kind of weird because he had worked as a coroner, so he had a lot of film from his autopsies, and he loved to show to it. Show it, oh. So and it was anatomy one, so I was like learning what all the bones were and all that, you know. So I figured. Let me, let me, let me try it out. And I take the class, whatever, sitting in there. It's a good experience. And in the end, I, I like almost threw up in the class. So that, because of the blood? Yeah. Because of like Oof. what I was seeing, like the way that they do like the autopsies and all that. that oh, he boring. showed you like film, like, yeah, like them he, doing he the used to, like He used to record his voice and he also had cameras in there because he sometimes had to present it at, um hearings and testimony yeah and oh that's right that's right yeah so it was his film um and he got permission from like obviously the people like wow. the families of the deceased so it was all good um that's actually pretty wild yeah so i had a friend in that class which i asked him after the some after that semester when i came back to school um who else was still left and he's like bro i left just as soon as like you know the semester was done like i switched majors i'm an accounting major now so yeah i think like that's kind of like the best filter is like Definitely yeah, just, take an anatomy class and see if you still want to do it. So, so I guess that teacher or I guess that professor is doing a good job then. Yeah, like filtering he, out like people who actually want to actually have a passion for it. Yeah, because here's the thing that that career is just like technology. It's very lucrative. Healthcare is very lucrative in the United States. Same as technology, because they're in demand fields. Correct. Everyone's everyone's always gonna need healthcare. Exactly. Everyone's always gonna need technology nowadays yeah, to support like, their lives like, uh, and technology and healthcare go hand in hand i didn't know that like i i've been looking into it like all the like the surgery and like the robots and all that um, i mean think about it my job i literally this is where i work i work right here oh you work here that computer i just got off work like an hour ago without my programs these patients would not be able to get scheduled as easily you know what i mean and and what do you they'd do? have do you, to they'd so have you to pull schedule up. them yeah, so I, I, I basically, I work for the Miami Neuroscience Institutes. I am um, basically like a call center agent, but obviously I work it from home. Patients call me and they have different uh, questions, different demands. Like a lot of the times, the main purpose of their calls is to schedule appointments, follow up appointments, schedule appointments. And then sometimes we're not supposed to do this, but they ask us like clinical questions and I'm not clinical. So you know what I do? I have to message the nurse. I have to message the PA, the MA. I got to message all these different people. And if they're not available, I send a message directly to the doctor. So there's some communication with doctors and all those medical assistants. So, so you're, but you're not supposed to like get in communication with them. You're just supposed no, to. No, no, I, I am. But like my job title and my job description is just a schedule. But oh, like okay. for now, that's like because this this institute is actually still brand new. Okay. It's only, only been around for like five years, which is like super new in, in like healthcare. Yeah. In, like, Relatively speaking, and also we just got moved from a different department. Like we're not, we're technically not working for the MNI. We're working now for Consumer Access, which is like, if you call Pizza Hut and there's a call center. Like how long have you been working there? Since 
February, well, the 31st of January, so for February. So what, like six, almost seven months already. Wow. Damn. And time flies, bro. I feel like I've been there for like maybe four and months. And it, it stayed the same like consistently through? And what do you mean? Like you're a full-time employee, right? Yes. You're full-time yeah. all day. Monday through Friday, 8 to 4.30. And you still do school? Yeah, I, I do school month. Well, for now, this semester, I'm doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I do it at, right after school. My first class is 5.40 p.m. So, or I do it after work. Wow. So I I work, and then what I do is I, I eat my meal. Because I eat four times, because, you know, my diet and the yeah. gym and whatnot. So I eat my meal, and then if I want, I could nap. I have something to do. I do that. And then at 5.40, school until 8.20. And then I go to the gym right after. Wow, so you take, like, one class, like... I take uh, two classes a day. Two classes a day. On Fridays... Starting on December or September 26th, I think I take coding classes. Finally, I'm going to start my, my actual major. Oh, shoot. What, what's your major? Computer IT. Computer IT. There you go. Yes, that's sir. what I figured. I Trust me. I've been the same since Ron Morgan. Like, that's my passion. And so. you're doing like, what type of coding are you doing right now? Because well, you're, you're my part first, of SCDT. What's that? SCDT, School of Engineering, Design and Technology. Oh, and, Mar- at and Morgan. At date. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it's called SCDT. Um... Yeah, it's, it's an arts. It's an arts. Uh, I believe it's a... Oh, no, it's a, I think it's a... Is it, is it, is it an AS? No, it, it, I think it is. Because mine's is Associated an AS. Sciences. No, no, no. No, they can't. I think it's AA, bro. Mine's is an AS because it's a two-year degree. Well, but I think, are, are, are you still doing medical? The no, medical? no. So I've, I've transferred over. Okay. You know what's crazy? I actually started off um, Dade as, I think, a medical thing. Or maybe it was... I changed my major three times. The first time was, I think, when I got in there, it was medical, I think. Then I changed it to, to law. And I did that for, like, maybe, like, one semester. I'm like, and I'm like, wait, what am I doing, bro? I've been using computers since I was, like, seven years old. I got to do computers. So then I changed my major to IT. That's insane. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm going to stick with because I love computers. And that's what I'm good at. Oh, and to answer your question, I'm doing C++. Oh, okay. C++. Yeah, because they make you take, uh, like, a basic computer class, right? Because I remember taking the class. Yeah. Um, CGS 1060. Yes, and then after that, based on my major, because the way data works, and I'm going to I'm gonna talk about this because it's like really messing with me. Um, if you're taking an AS, like AS, an AS, mm-hmm. as opposed to an AA where you're going to transfer, with an AS, they basically think that everybody's like going to start their own business. That's what I hate about data. Seriously? Yeah. AS degrees, they treat it like you're an entrepreneur. So me, my major after I switched from medic from the medical field was music business management. And there's a couple different branches you can go into music business. They label it the same thing, music business and then like creative performance. Um, yeah, creative performance. Um, and I think I want to say something live performance. I'm not sure what it is, but I know it's where you play live. Like you basically go to school and you get a two year degree to basically say that you're certified at a certain instrument to play like in concerts and symphonies and whatnot. Okay. Which to me is a waste of time. Honestly. Okay. So after medical, that medical major, you switched to what? Music, music, business, management, music, business, management. Yeah. And you have to specify the management because creative performance, for example, and I don't want to sound like stuck up or anything, but creative performance is everybody who wants to be like a producer or an engineer, or they just want to work at a studio. Uh, live performance for namesake because I don't know what it's called are the people who want to play live like they want to play guitar in a concert or bassoon you know because a lot of professors are masters at their instruments so they do uh, private sessions so you can schedule private sessions with them to 
college will cover it. It's super cheap. It's actually cheaper than taking it on the street or at a what? music school. Yeah. And um, you can learn from like a doctor at their instrument. So you took, so you went the creative performance route? No, I went the management route. So I deal more with paperwork, negotiations, touring, distribution, okay, marketing. Basically, I'm basically done with the program. You're like a manager. I have one credit left and it's a piano class. Wow. And you had the piano class? I, I already took the first one. I got to take a second one. But you know, but I'm assuming you know how to play the piano. Yeah, yeah. So I I originally was like a producer. Like, you know, like yeah, we yeah, worked on like one song, which we'll yeah. never see the light of day. But I don't remember how that song went, bro. That's so cringe to me. That I, think I have the file went. somewhere. No way, dude. Yeah, I, swear. I would I would actually love to hear that. I backed up. I'll play like, a snippet. If, if you find it, I'll if play If I find it, I'll send it to you. But I backed up my, I was working on an iMac at the time. Um, I've gone through a couple different rigs, if you want to find out about that um since then where it's like it's gotten big and then i've broken it down and then it's gotten yeah. bigger so but for the most part i went the management route so label copy a lot of like label oriented stuff management stuff like artist management and how do they teach that in mdc so the way it works is they put it under like the music field rather than like the business school which i think it should be under the business school with a concentration honestly, in music. i think so honestly and my professor, one of my professors actually shared the same concern. And he told me he was trying to get that worked out with the business school, but they, to make it like a full bachelor's program, because Berkeley has one for the same thing. But um, they just haven't been able to come to terms and how the accreditation is going to work and whatnot. But for the most part, um, it's a two year degree. And the way they teach it is you take, you have to take a bunch of humanities credits. You have to take like one or two musical credits. And then everything else is like business oriented classes. So I took small business management, uh, business, like I took uh, financial accounting one and two. Uh, I had to take like the actual MUM 2701, two, three, and four, which is like the music business class. Okay. And then really there, they just regurgitate information. So like the first one you learn like, oh, this is what a manager does, a booking agent, a marketing person. The second one, you're actually learning about the different Types of businesses like uh, music store, instrument shop, repair shop, record label. And then the third and the fourth one are just like, this is how you market yourself, okay. which is the part that I hate because like they just they make it out to seem like everybody's going to start their own business. Me, I don't have that aspiration. At least as of right now, I don't have it. But in the future, that might change. OK, um, just based off like where my that's, path why the, is taken. that's why the degree is important. You know, that's what I'm saying. Going through those classes are like, you know, it's it's in case it's giving me a taste. Giving you a taste is also giving you some like knowledge for in case what you really want, where plan A doesn't work out, you can fall back on plan B, which is your degree. And you know that because you have and you have proof, the whole degree there. Well, for the most part, I mean, after MDC, I think I'm going to go to FIU. Okay. Um, just to finish it up, wrap it up in a night, like a nice little bow and, just and get, get your a, bachelor's, get a business degree. So here's the funny thing, right? All right. Let's I've been go. at day for three years. Mm -hmm. In my first year, I managed to do pretty much like 40 credits. I don't know how, but I took 40 credits worth of classes. Plus all the credits that I've piled on these past two years. So now I actually have a surplus of credits that I can apply towards an AA. I just have to finish up my piano class, my science class, and another science class. But isn't an AA like only like 60 something credits? It's 60 credits. So if you have a surplus, have wouldn't, a surplus that, wouldn't that be applied to your bachelor's? All, not all credits were transferred to my new major. So, so I have dumb. like a lot of my AA credits that I was in um, 
while I was taking oh, it was from your medical medical oh, they didn't transfer to the business degree that makes sense though honestly so I now mean, I have like a bunch of credits just sitting around that can apply to like a general uh, undecided AA which will open the door for me to go to business school at FIU here's the thing though and I'm gonna you know say this for anybody who's on financial aid well you know um, and I know if you take two attempts at a class at the same institution and you're on financial aid financial aid will not cover the third the third time you have to take it out of different school here's something else people don't know if you graduate from an institution financial aid will not cover you if you go back to that institution so i have a friend who went to the who went to miami dade after miami dade he left to the air force he just came back from the air force right and after coming back from the Air Force, he went back to Dade, but Dade wouldn't cover him because he had already gotten his AA from Miami Dade before. So, so he wanted he wanted to go back to Dade. He for, wanted to go back to Dade to complete his bachelor's to so. complete his bachelor's, and they wouldn't and they wouldn't cover. Well, that's also because I think Miami Dade's a what's it called like a, a gate or a transfer school. So like it you, is a transfer school. So you go for so you go to Dade for two years and then you go to any other institution. Yeah, financially just wouldn't cover it, but they'd cover it at FIU. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Do, I mean, and FIU, they got to pay more. Exactly. Or so whatever. at Dade, like a credit's like 350. Yeah. Like uh, three credit hours is 350. So it comes out to like probably like, I don't know, like 117 mm-hmm. per hour. um, Something like that. Or maybe less. One, 111, 110. At FIU, it's 750. <laughs> Wow. I looked into that's it. That's almost like double. That's it's pretty much actually it's yeah. more than double. It's double and that's in state tuition. Wow. That's in state tuition for a three credit class. That's crazy. Is but it yeah. for now? The thing is for now I'm getting I'm getting financial aid, right? But I'm also getting Florida prepaid. Oh, okay. So with so so, so so the sweet thing is I, I pay for my classes with prepaid and then the financial aid you pocket like I just pocket financial. all that money. It's like thousand plus. Yeah. That's warm. I mean, I don't know how much you get, but like me. I'm, oh no yeah I'm it's different there. for everybody it's different for everybody it, it depends on like need and whatnot but like there's definitely ways around like the process where you can actually like receive an abundance even if you don't need it i think that like, might be uh i'm not gonna I'm not illegal gonna that, yeah <laughs> that might be illegal but, but i have i have heard of people that like are able to get like excess of like five grand per semester better hope the irs doesn't come out the saying. door yeah because imagine they look at their, their tax return how do you get all this money five thousand dollars why there you go. Well, they actually gave out a bunch of money not too long ago. Like every semester, they've been giving out like almost two Extra? grand. Damn. You haven't been applying? No. Dude, you've been missing out. Damn. It's called the HERF grant. Oh, no, I got one of those. I got one of those. Yeah, I, got, I got one I've of been those. getting it for the past three semesters. So I'll just rack up a bunch of credit card oh, debt, dude. and then I'll just click it off at the beginning of the semester. I got I to I gotta apply for that, actually, because I applied for it like uh, like last year, and I got like... It's like two grand? Almost, almost two grand for me. Well, I, I got like... I, I get 1900 but I was looking at it today because I was getting ready to apply again. FIU ran. Oh, I kicked this. FIU ran out of money. They ran out oh, of the yeah. Earth money. Yeah. So Miami Dade, like, I literally went through their financial statements and looked it up. They're almost out. They got like three million left. So Uh-oh, I, I want to say like now. the first like thousand people are like get in there. Like that's it. Dude, I forgot about that. They, thank you for reminding me. I'm gonna do that like today probably. Well, they haven't opened it. That's the thing. Oh, okay. They when do opened they open it. it? No, nobody knows. It's like a lottery. At any moment, don't you get a text saying, "Oh, it's open"? Yeah, but that don't that text only comes like two weeks after it's open. Oh, like the people who are like in on the ground floor, like checking it every day. Like I've been checking it every day for the past two weeks. Oh, because I know like there's very little money left, so 
I know it's like first come, first serve, and you want to get as high up on that list as possible. Same with financial aid. All right, but, um, moving on from college, because yeah, I know we so, dragged it out. No, it's okay. That's actually some very valuable information. I didn't know about that, uh, the whole credit thing. Um, so right, now so, I'm in college. Well, you were going to ask me. I no, cut you off. No, so what do you do now? So now I'm still in college. Uh, last semester now for my major. After that, I can kind of say I have a degree in music business. But I have a lot of experiences. And I know, like, you know a lot of, like, up-and-coming artists. Like, uh, there's one that I really like. Like, he's he's really out there. Jay Khalil? Jay Khalil. There you go. Oh, you know I've, him? Yeah, I've been following him probably since, like, high school. Did you find him through me or no? Well, I found him just because he kind of, like, we have a lot of people in common. Yeah. So, I'm guessing, and I don't want to, like, it's, I'm not dissing him or anything, but... Truth is, he kind of just knows everybody, which I don't know why that would be at this, but he just knows everybody. Yeah, no, he's so, really out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that guy, bro. Which me and him, I went to his show and I and I, I um, saw and I helped him with his merch on. Um, you did his merch table. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I did, and I I was like front seat to watch because the, the, the merch table was right because there's like a pit that you go like down yeah. the stairs. There's yeah. a pit and then there's a stage. The stage, yeah. I was like in the. Is it true he did like hundreds? Yeah. Was it like real or was it like the movie? movie? No, they're fake. They're fake. Yeah, okay. But it looked it looked brand new. It looked it looked real, bro. Yeah, yeah. And it, so you know, I put it out there on my story saying that that he put real hundred salt just so you can get some clout. Sorry, Jay, but the um, truth is, <laughs> that's insane. Now that you say that, like I have so much, bro. I don't even think I'm gonna have time to go through it all. But all right, so just a little bit of background, so you know I'm not like talking out of my ass like or anything, because yeah, tell me what you do, because I have no idea what you. I, I, I have. I don't know. What I to have do. experience. Like I just finished. My internship at a record label here in Miami. I deal with a lot of Latin artists. So I worked heavily in the Latin scene for a little bit. Um, over the summer, pretty much like June, end of May. No, like very beginning of June to just about now. Um, I worked at Rich Music. So they handle Sech, Dalix, uh, Tiago. Uh, Simon Dice, Dimelo Flo. Dimelo Flo just had one of like the biggest art album releases of the summer on like the Latin charts. Oh really? Yeah, with a bunch of features. Everybody from Nicky Jam to um, the Plan the Plan B guys. Yeah. So he Chancho Cordone. Yeah, Chancho, I love that guy. I love they Chancho. popped off. Uh, Simon Dice is up and coming. For the most part, like he's got some hits, but he's he's up and coming. Diago Dalix. Alex is Dalex. I know him and I know Setch. And Setch. So I have a bunch of Setch merch because they always have like leftover from tours. And they just give it to you? Yeah, they just give it to us. At the That's office. dope. Yeah. So cool. the office is in, is in downtown. It's super cool. I have pictures or like a like a quick snippet from when I was in there because they're very big on privacy, right? Like, yeah, of course. They deal with sensitive information. Any leak could potentially withhold an entire album release for the most part. But they happen all the time, believe it or not, which is an insider secret. Leaks happen, but they're contained relatively quickly. So cool. if you're in the right spot at the right time, you might catch a glimpse of something you weren't supposed to. How? Uh, well, there's a lot of places. So anybody could leak a song. Of I know, course. like um, okay. So question. Let's get some. Let's get like some, some something prefaced because okay. now we're getting into the, into the good stuff. I hope you can talk about this. I can. Okay, cool. So how do leaks happen? So a leak can come from anywhere, right? So for the most part. There's different departments at a label. A lot of labels are similar, but they're also different. It depends on the size and the market that they work in. In America, there's generally two predominant markets now more than ever. There's the Latin market and there's the Anglo market, as we call it. 
So Anglo just stands for Anglo-Saxon or mm-hmm. the American market or American European. Okay. English speaking, really. Um, so a leak can come from any one of different departments. So the way like a song will start, um, I really wish you had the green screen because then I'd just be like, I know, pull, I could, it up, pull it I, up. I, I could just up. pull it up, but yeah, soon. But for the most part, it's easy. So the way a song will start is the artist will write it and then they'll record it. Right. So once they're done recording it, then it'll go to something called mixing and mastering mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, I know I know a little bit about this because remember, right. I used to make music. OK, so, yeah. So. So, you know, you'll write the song with your team, whatever you will record it. It'll go to mix and master while it's in mixing and mastering. Typically, it'll get held there for a little bit. And then that's where you're kind of waiting on approval. And even before it goes there, it'll kind of go off to your A&R, which is what I do. So A&R stands for Artist and Repertoire, and those are kind of like the talent scouts, but also the artist liaison, not to get it confused with artist relations, which is also A&R okay. or AR. That's, that's kind of confusing. Um, I'll, I'll break down like the major players in a, in a label or in a team, really. So Artist and Repertoire is really talent scout. My job consisted of listening to hundreds of submissions a day. I listen to probably music, a hundred songs, a hundred email submissions in a week. Oh wait, no 800 way! A hundred different songs in a week. Hold on, hold on. So from like people that like from yeah. like, from from like underground people, underground people who want to work with a yeah. specific artist in your label. Yeah, and with, and and do they say which artist they want to hop no, on that? No, so they just they they they're looking they for just, an opportunity. They just submit their song. Yeah, so. I'm actually gonna give tips like in case like any like artists listen to this, which this okay. is probably gonna be like invaluable. From an A&R's point of view, because this is who you're going to be interfacing with on a label. You're not going to be emailing the CEO or the, you know, whoever, tour manager. There's a couple different tricks, and we might have to do a part two, because this is going to be, like, a little long. No, no, we will. But, so, for example, when you email your song, and I'm going to go back to that other topic. I don't want to forget about it, because it's important. But when you email your song, um, it can either go through, like, a landing page. They can just have, like, a... A simple thing set up put your socials put your a short bio and put your song right like just tag it and put your name and your artist name that's it send it here's the tips keep it short and to the point i go through a lot of submissions or i went through a lot of submissions and i have to go through them quickly i won't even get to the bio or start looking at your stuff if your song isn't good so the first thing i look at is your name where you're from and i listen to your music that's it i haven't taking anything else into account this is how they taught me from like the a and that were there like long before me yeah and this is how they discovered all like all their artists if the song caught my interest i'm gonna put that in the sheet that they have typically it's an excel sheet with most of your information and then i'll start reading your bio okay i want to know who you are keep it short to the point how long you've been doing it where you're at uh who you've worked with if you worked with anybody big because then we can like kind of go and dig that up kind of see how that product came out um and for the most part just why you're doing what you're doing keep it short and to the point you know don't write an entire chapter of your life like i'm 15 years old from argentina and i've been doing this for so ever and it would really help my family if i can get some money yeah. and you know what i mean like no don't do that just keep it short sweet to the point and then give me your socials because if i can't find something in your bio to catch my interest i'm going to look at your socials maybe you have a picture with bunny maybe you have a picture with i don't know kanye west like it doesn't matter but give me your social so i know what you look like i want to put a face to the name mm-hmm. 
But going back, when an artist writes a song, it'll go to mix and master. It'll get held there for a little bit. And then the A&R's got to approve it. Uh, the way every label works differently, like I mentioned. So at the label I was at, um, you know, we had to get approval from that artist's team. Meaning once the song was done and they loved it, they would send it over to us. And then they would typically send batches because it's kind of tedious to stop everything and go listen to one song. Yeah. You know, you listen to batches, maybe like five, six, seven songs if the project was done. Um, that's when we would do it. Typically, like towards the end, they'd get all the songs recorded. And then before they go to get mixed, we'd approve them. Like, this is what we want for a single. This is the other single. Um, this one, we don't really like. Take it off. That's crazy. Yeah. So, like, what so if, like we're picking and choosing. Have you ever had any uh, an instance where, like, the artist really liked that song? And it was like, no, like, yeah. this, th- this is going to be on the album. Like, yeah. Like and it's like no, it's not. It and, happens more and, than you think, honestly. So like in in that in that situation, who has the who has the the superiority, the authority? Is it like the label who says like the last word, like no or well, or, it depends. Or you guys on the, work with with the artist. It's case by case. So if it's a song that they want to push as like the single on a particular project, and we're really not feeling it, it the you know the person at the top of the label is gonna make the last decision on our end. Right, like the artist, if they're signed to a label, there's obviously things in their contracts that stipulate like you can't just put out whatever you want. Of course, we yeah. gotta like approve it. You know, that's crazy. <clears throat> Damn, question that. Um, however, so you said that, and it's really interesting because so you're telling me that the label basically controls the artist's music to a certain degree. I wouldn't say control, but we point the trajectory of where the career is gonna go. That's kind yeah. of tough. That's kind of what, like no wonder, much. no wonder so many artists want to like break, break free, yeah. break free from their labels. Like who did it recently? Lil Uzi did it, I think. Uzi was signed to The Rock. Okay. And then he finally he released uh, Eternal to Take. Yeah. And he had another album left on his on his contract. So he, you know what he did? He did a, a deluxe version of the album. I guess that counts as, a, as another album. Yeah, it does. So he did a deluxe and that's it. He's like, okay, I'm done with you guys. I'm out of here. So now he's so, so now he's an independent rapper. Yeah. And uh, I think Rihanna does the same thing. I think Rihanna... Uh, my, I'm sorry to cut you off, but my favorite example of a situation like that is Frank Ocean. I don't know if you heard the Frank Ocean like version of it. No, but I know that he's not, he's, he's okay. had to make music in a long time. Frank Ocean was with Def Jam, right? If I'm not mistaken, I think he was with Def Jam. I don't want people to like, roast me when they hear this. I think so. Either that or Odd. I think, I think he was with... Def Jam, for the most part. Because you got to think of it like three major companies control the entire music industry. Sony, Warner, Universal. That's it. The three pillars. Everything under that is a subsidiary or an imprint. Meaning Capital, uh, Interscope, Shady Records. Shady Records is an imprint of an imprint. You know what I mean? So like there's a there's a, a hierarchy. To like everything. the parent company. And then the there's, parent like, company, there's like sisters. Like, exactly. It's so like, you would have like Universal and then you'd have like Interscope. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're not correlated, but you know what I mean? Like Atlantic is one of them. All the big record label names are really just like subsidiaries of a big company. That's crazy. So that's why most rappers have their own label because it's so easy to start one. Yeah. You make enough hits and you get enough money and you can just be like, yo, I want to break off, be my own thing. And I want to sign artists. I want to create a team around me. A if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken... Playboy Cardi just did that. ASAP Rocky has his own label yeah. called Odge. Uh, Kanye, no, Jay Z has his own label, The Rock, The Rock Music, or 
Uh, then what was it? Or in that no, Jay Z. Yeah, Jay Z has um the Rock, isn't it? No, Jay Z has. I forgot what it was, but J Cole was under it. Uh, well, yeah. Well, now J Cole has his own. It's called, it's called Dreamville. J-, J Cole's with Dreamville now, but Dreamville is actually part of a division of Jay Z's label, who's under the or parent no, label. Yeah, so then I think Kanye West, I don't know if he still has it, maybe not anymore, but back in the day for sure, he had good music. Yeah, good music, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, that's just really, I didn't know that. I didn't know that um, there was only three major companies. Yeah. Sony, Universal, and what was the other one? Warner. Warner. Warner and then, Chapel. And then a lot of the ones that you hear, like, oh, the ones are actually, they're owned. They're by, under, yeah. That's crazy, bro. It's yeah. all like, it's just like puppets, you know? Everything's it is. Just, it is, for the most part. Everything's just being controlled. So by, like, I was fortunate enough to be interfacing with... The parents, you know, when I say parents, I mean the big three. Yeah. I was fortunate enough to be interfacing with them and their publishers. So something I've always been interested in is publishing. I love publishing. And I'm going to touch on that really soon because we were talking about something else. Um, about well, AR. In, yeah. So I was going to tell you about the Frank Ocean thing. Yeah, Frank Ocean. Me into something else. So Frank Ocean was with Def Jam. Again, if I'm not mistaken. But we're going to use them as an example. He was with his label. And I think he had like a uh, an album left to with them before he could break away and like take his stuff somewhere else. Apple offered him something. Apple Music. Yes. Offered him something. Uh, I think it was like a three album deal or something for a really good amount. And he got to maintain. I think the issue was that they were keeping a lot of his royalty, which is like a big problem. Yeah, for artists. It's like a plague. So what I think what he did was that he gave them. A 15-hour video of him building a wood, like a wooden staircase. Yeah. Or something. And he put a little, Endless. Yeah, and he put a little, like, background music to it. And that was the live album. that was album. the album. That was the live album. I, I he, actually, I tuned in for that. That yeah. was amazing. It's called Endless. And then That's he ended up, that was like a spoof that he did just to get out of it. And then they got stuck with, like, a 15-hour long piece of garbage. And then Apple actually got blonde. He got what? They got blonde. Oh, that was on their album, uh, Apple. Yeah, he was gonna. Well, uh, what's the what's the order for his discography? Is it Channel Orange? It's Channel Orange, um, Endless, which is the Apple Music and then, thing, and then Blonde. Yeah, so and that's been like four years with no with, with, with no Frank Ocean music yeah, at all. So Something he gave like them that. that. He gave them the staircase, and then he that's dropped so- Blonde. But Blonde was ready. It was ready when. The, the whole staircase thing was getting built. So he just kept it on the back burner. Oh, like Blonde was already ready? It was already done. I remember there was like a whole thing and then like, but, but you know what's crazy? Apple knew about Endless though because mm-hmm. Apple had like a whole countdown like, oh, tune in at this time for Endless. So they promoted it. They couldn't do anything about it. They, they faked the, the music industry. Nobody knew what was going to happen. That's crazy. I Nobody remember, knew if he was going to explode or if the thing no, was going to break. No, you know what's crazy? I believe if I'm not mistaken, when you played Endless, like the live stream, it was like no music for like half an hour or yeah. something. And then it just turned on. Endless turned on. And we're like, what is this? This is new Frank Ocean. And it's like, okay, six hours. And it's like, wait, there's more? Like, what's yeah, going yeah. on? Because yeah, like, an, album is like, an album is like an, an hour like well, long. I mean, typically like an album, I, I want to say like stick to 10. 10 Not songs? Like, well, here's the thing, right? And there's, like I said, there's so much to cover. Because, like, you would say one thing. We can say one thing, and then that'll lead us into, like, three different topics. Yeah. And then that'll break off into, like... Yeah, let's try, let's try to stay focused. Let's try and stay focused. Here. So, so what happened after Frank Ocean? Are you going to lead into something? 
Uh, well, just going back and wrapping up what we were saying, the A&R's got to approve it, and then that's going to go down, like, the rabbit hole of, like, all the other departments. It'll go to marketing. It'll go to publishing. Um, publishing is going to handle all the admin work, which is the part that I like working in, which is registering the song um, and making sure that you are going to get paid for it uh, when it does come out. And then it'll go, like I said, to marketing, publishing, um, and then you're going to go to the production guys. They're going to film all the content for it. I remember we shot a video for a release and then that video came out like three months later, two weeks before the song came out. So like they'll shoot stuff way in advance because hmm. it's a scheduling thing. Going back to the AR, artist relations people, they are the interface, at least where I was at, for the artist. So this is the artist right here and this is the AR and I'm the label. This person's job is to go back and forth and make sure that their schedule is good. Oh, they had a problem. They got to take care of that problem with this person. And then this, you know, they're going to go over there over there and do that. And they got to film this on this day. And they got to shoot this. And they got to record on these days. It's basically the label's version. Anything that has to do with the label and the artist, the AR is the point, man. Their but job you, is to make sure. And, and, and that's artist relations. That's correct? artist relations. That's different from you. You are artist and repertoire? A, yeah, artist and repertoire handles percentage points on the back end. Meaning we're going to deal with other people's A&Rs and other people's managers. We won't okay. talk directly with the artists. We'll just go to their team and we'll make sure that all the points and all the splits and everything is taken care of. Question about that, because I always hear a lot of times, for example, I'm giving Cardi as a, um example because I'm really like into Cardi's like leaks and whatnot. So this is a question I've always had. Um, the artist has their own like team, right? Like their yeah. own camp. Yeah. Are they under the labels? They can payroll. Well, no, never. So, so they're so they're just like they're literally they don't they don't owe the label anything. Uh, camp. Yeah. No, no. So the only way the way it works typically is that you'll have your artist, right, Mister Mister Blue Hat right here, um, and then he'll have his photographer he likes working with. Yeah. He'll have his friend who gives good lyric ideas and he has a bunch of credits on a bunch of songs. Then you'll have his engineer that they love working with. They have their producers that they like working with. You know, maybe they keep a couple producers on deck. Uh, they have a videographer because the photographer maybe shoots cool pictures but sucks at video and vice versa. Yeah. Um, they have a stylist, a guy that cuts the hair really nice, you know, or a girl, whatever. So those people, the artist has to account for. So okay. we don't we don't deal with their camp as a label. Do you know anything about Playboy Cardi and his leak? I mean, and his leak like, if I'm issue. If I'm being, well, is what, like his songs are leaking too much? Dude, he has more leaked songs than, than official songs. Official song. So the issue with that is rotations. And I'll call them rotations for lack of a better word. Of his camp? Yeah. So when you have a lot of people coming and going, that's why you see successful artists typically rotate around the same people. Right? Like Dr. Dre and Eminem have been working for decades together. Right? And they're two big named artists, but they, they rotate around each other. Like they work constantly together. Um, But... In this sense, like now in modern music, I know that example was like a little old, but in modern music, you'll have, you know, maybe this guy gets into an altercation over this guy's girlfriend and now that guy's out of the group. You know, they're out of the, the crew. All right. So now that guy gets pissed. He stole a bunch of music on a, on a USB off the engineer while the engineer was in the bathroom. Now he can just go and upload it to YouTube. Now, did you see the video where Lil... Was it Lil Uzi? Or it was Lil Uzi who... He found the person who had leaked his his music because yeah I didn't see the video but I, I heard about he it. had a hard drive yeah and then he found he like f 
found he tracked the guy down and then he started beating him up on camera. But here's the problem with that, right? So when a big name artist is recording or is on the road or is moving around too much, you're not working in a singular space. Typically, like for example, one of my all-time heroes is Jimi Hendrix. He literally was traveling so much and didn't have enough time to record besides on the road. And actually, quick fun fact, when he was on the road, he would actually find music teachers in whatever city he was with to teach him. And he's Jimi Hendrix, one of the best wow. guitar players ever. He got back to New York. He built his own studio. He said, whenever I'm not touring, I'm here. And then that's how he controlled everything because he had a leak issue too, believe it or not. But, you know, now artists are, technology is advanced so much, you can record a hit song on a laptop. Billy Idol did it. She won 10 Grammys. So it goes to show you don't need a whole lot. With this microphone and a laptop, maybe like a little beat pad, we can create a banger in like 20 minutes. And some good mixing. Can't forget about that. And well, mastering. You, yeah, but and even, engineering. Then, even then, you don't even need that. As long as you get a good take, everything is signal flow. If you can get a good take from the beginning, if we can record this really nice right now, it doesn't matter who mixes it. As long as they know what they're doing, it's going to come out great. It's signal flow. If you get a good first recording, you're going to get a good mix in the end. If you get a bad recording from the beginning, yeah, it's going to sound bad. bad in the end. But going back to the leak stuff, if you have a lot of people rotating in and out constantly... You know, like those rotating doors. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. Cause because there's no there's no stability. Exactly. Not only that, you know, like when a police go to a crime scene and there's a shell casing on the floor, you think everybody just gets to play with it? No. No, there's one guy who picks it up, puts it in a bag. He has to write his name down. Boom. That was the guy who picked it up and put it in the bag. Then that goes in a box. The person who transported the box of evidence has to put their name on the box. And then the next person who gets it puts their name. A trail of there's evidence. A trail, like a paper trail. That doesn't exist in music to my knowledge, right? So I remember I was working at the label. I had to do audio transcriptions. So, you know, they would record the songs. They would mix them. They'd be get ready to go out to Spotify and Apple Music. You have to upload lyrics. Yeah. So those lyrics, somebody has to, me, has to sit there and type and out word it. by word. Here's the problem. I needed the audio files to be able to listen because it wasn't released anywhere. So now who knows? I mean, I'm not saying I did. I'm not trying to like perjure myself or anything, but, um, you know, like I deleted everything. I wiped my computer after I left there, but, you know, we downloaded it from a Dropbox. The no entire way, album. Bro. There was a point. That's how they leaked While stuff. I was working there where a whole bunch of, I'm actually not going to say it, the artist's name because the project is coming and it's still like confirmed and I know it is, but I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Um, but he's like a multi-platinum Grammy-winning artist. Um, I had his entire 2023 album that is going to release on my computer. So who's who's to, who's to stop me from like going and putting exactly. it on like YouTube? But isn't that like really illegal? No. It's not illegal? You can't tell me anything. None of those songs were registered. Also, like... There's so, no so, copyright so, infringement. So, 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 so leakers... Can just well, upload no. this stuff with no, no consequence? I had insider, like, trader knowledge because I worked there and I oh, okay. dealt with his music. So, so you know so, how to leak it. And I was doing the registrations along with the publishing admin. So I knew those songs weren't registered on BMI, on ASCAP, which are all, like, uh, uh, licensing agencies. So that that's your PR, your so, performance rights organization. So if they happen to have been registered already? That would have been copyrighted. Then that would have been illegal. And they could have sued me, yeah. But those songs were just literally sound recording. Wow. Although they could make the argument that it was intellectual property the minute that it got put yeah. onto the disc. Because that's like a big thing now. Like, because a lot of people won't sign split sheets, which are like, it's like the paper you fill out in the studio 
uh, when you're actually in there recording the song saying this guy gets 5% because he did this, this one gets 10 because he did this on the, on the lyrics. Um, they won't fill those out. And then people were like, no, I did the whole song. And you can't prove anything. Intellectual property. Damn. So get your paperwork in order as a... As an artist? Solo artist, as a DIY artist, independent artist, if you want to call yourself that. Get your, your paperwork in order. That's number one. Always have a paper trail. Make sure if you go to a studio session, you get your paperwork filled out. If you have a good manager, um, definitely have them do that because that's what you pay them for. If you don't pay them, buy them dinner or like a chicken or something, but have them do their job. <laughs> like a big chicken. No, honestly, have them do their job because that's their job is filling out that type of paperwork. You know what? I, I can't help but think about Jay because Jay actually hired a, a videographer for his show that just so happened. Does he have a manager? He does. Let's use him as like our, because you're friends with him. So you probably have like more insider knowledge than I do looking at it from like an Instagram point of view. Um, let's use him as like a case study. Right. Okay. So you were just telling me something about a videographer. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he just hired him for that one show. Okay. So I guess, you know, that's not part of his team, Mm -hmm. but it may be, you know what I mean? Because depending on how good. Well, in that sense, it was, it was a live performance, correct? Yeah. In that sense, you're not really scared of anything because it's like songs you have out or whatever. But if actually he's dropping a new album or a tape or project that I saw that. On his birthday this Sunday, I saw that, and I. So he actually released. He actually played an un, an unreleased song, at, at that performance. So I guess that might be. Yeah, but it, not really, because in that sense, if he's like willingly performing it, okay, then it's, it's, different. it's on him. Yeah, like if somebody took a video and like they got like a snippet of it, like that, whatever, you know. But he performed it at an open menu, like open yeah. concert. Um, so yeah, so the, so that videographer, he doesn't know him. He that was his first time meeting him. He hired himself somewhere. I don't know. I Instagram. So, um, Honestly, that was the videographer. I've been following him for a while. Um, not the videographer, Jay. Yeah. And I'm a fan of his. I like his music. I, I really do. Um, but one thing I have to criticize him on is his release structure. So, release structure is a big thing. And here's the problem, right? Artists are commodities, right? They're, I'm, I'm sure we have to start wrapping it up soon. But um, artists are commodities. They're products shitty to think about it that way and I'm, I'm gonna say it just like that because that's the truth but they're commodities it's nothing different than a box of cereal at the store you have 30 different brands to choose from they all offer something a little different and you get to pick the best one at the end of the day that's the one that you're gonna like favorite me i'm a captain crunch fan i really am um so like that's the brand that i buy and in that set in that analogy captain crunch can be like j cole you know yeah. I, I love him so much that I'll buy his merchandise, I'll listen to his music on repeat, I will go to the shows, I will, he drops limited edition sneakers, I'll buy those. You'll share his Instagram posts. Exactly, I'll share his posts, I'll like, you know, I'll go crazy. Like, I'll be a fan. That's what being a fan is, it's supporting the artist, even if they don't know you exist. Now, it's kind of like a shuffle, right? You gotta find like the happy medium. As an artist, you gotta be able to like, there's a, there was, a, there was a movie I watched where uh, Wolf of Wall Street. My Wolf favorite, of Wall Street, one, one of my favorite, favorite movies. movies. And there's there's a part where they're having lunch right before he starts like doing the chest bumping mm-hmm. thing where he's like, the name of the game is putting the money from the client's pocket into your pocket. It's the same thing in music, right? So you're going to get the guy, the, the fan, the Spotify listeners. You want to convert them somehow. 
into a paying fan. Not on Spotify, though, outside of that. Spotify is simply going to be your medium to get them on board with you. So the only way an artist nowadays makes money is performing shows. But not from the actual performance itself, but what they sell at the show. Believe it or not. Interesting. Is that, is that like so a fact? So, Jay, I hope he sold a lot of t-shirts this weekend because um, that's probably where all his money is going to come from. And yes. that's a fact. Like, that's wow. a stone-cold fact. Because now we have streaming. Netflix, Paramount, Hulu, uh, Amazon, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, um, the freaking Donda Player. SoundCloud. Well, not the Donda Player, because that, that only plays the yeah. one thing. But, <laughs> but sa- even SoundCloud. Well, actually, Donda Player is actually, there's a way to, like, I guess, joke like it. Like, it? Or, or to, like, modify it to play other stems st- from, like, other songs. That's what I'm saying. Which is pretty cool. I mean, that, that'd be kind of cool if they sold it like that for, like, musicians to, like, practice with. But... Aside from that, those platforms pay so little. Like, you're getting paid a fraction of a cent. And there's a whole movement behind it, but until the government does something about it, it's not going to change. They took away payola. Maybe they could, like, you know, if they can regulate stocks and securities and the housing market and all this and big banks, regulate big business in the music industry because they're screwing us over. And it sucks because I'm going to work for them, but it's the truth. Yeah, hopefully it changes soon. I hope it does, because the problem with that is that artists are getting paid almost nothing from their streams. So you put in, let's say, $300, 400 bucks, 100 bucks an hour to go to the studio and record your song. 400 bucks to just record it. Plus, let's say, an extra 200 to mix it. Plus, an extra 100 to master it. You're already, what, uh, four and three, 700 bucks in the hole. If you're not doing all that yourself, but then you got to take the time to learn how to mix, how to master, how to record, how to get the gear... Gotta get the mic, whatever. You know, that reminds me of Russ. Russ did everything by himself. Exactly. And I love that about him. You know, like, people, like, hate his attitude because of how he comes off. Yeah. Right? I know that used to be, like, a big thing about him. But I see him, and I'm like, he's so business savvy. That guy's going to be around for a no, long No, but time. he's a genius, though, he because is. because he mastered the business side, like, marketing, while simultaneously mastering everything needed to release a song. I don't so listen the, the, to a lot, a lot of. He music. did everything himself. I mean, I, I'm not really into Russ like that. I don't either. listen to a lot of his music, but I see a lot of like his snippets pop up on like Instagram, his yeah. live streams, and I love. Going I don't know if he's independent though. I, I actually I think he has he his is. own label. He is. He's independent. He's always been very big on independence, but it's not independence in the way you think it is. He has a publishing deal. Okay. Oh, or a speaking of deal. Speaking of that, I think Jay Jay almost got signed to a label, bro, last year. Like Miami based. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. He, uh, cause he used to work, he used to work at this restaurant, okay. a very high class restaurant. And then all, you know, celebrities would come by Okay. and I forgot who the celebrity was, but he was with his publishing mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah. Typically that's how it works out. And then Jay, the thing is in that high class restaurant, they would actually play his music sometimes, Jay's music. And then I guess the person heard his music and then Jay was like, Oh yeah, that's me. And he's like, what? And he almost got signed. I don't know what happened, but he almost got signed that way. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a label who had like a, uh, Pretty popular, pretty famous yeah. person in it. And he almost got outside. I don't know what happened. But when he told me about the news, I'm like, whoa, dude, I'm so happy for you. Nothing happened. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, most labels have a presence in the hubs. So in America, we have a couple different hubs. We got Nashville. Now we got Texas bubbling up, right? On, like, the indie pop, indie rock scene. Got Florida for all, like, you know, the rap stuff. New York for a lot of the rap stuff and the pop stuff. LA is like the melting pot. I know we call yeah. it Miami the melting pot, but LA is like the musical melting pot. Um, Seattle has always been a big thing. So you get scenes and then you have hubs. 
um, which is how they taught it to us. So Miami's a hub for Latin music. New York was had the Latin music scene. That's where like salsa started, bro, in New York. You know, you have everybody from Willie Colon, Ruben Blaze. Like those were like the big salsa guys back then in like the seventies. They started that scene, or like they were one of the main pioneers. Um, and then like drill took over when drill came over, drill took over like in New York. In New York, yeah, exactly. And then that trickled down. So then you have like Chicago drill. I think is like a thing now or yeah. something. So you see like it spreads like a fire. Like EDM was big um, here in Florida because of Ultra. And then it spread and like you have EDC, Las Vegas and Orlando. And then, you know, a bunch of other things. You used to have Tomorrow World here in Georgia. They took that away because of a fire. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a giant like pyro accident. Like wow. a forest caught fire. It was like a huge thing. Um, so you get me like there's scenes and there's hubs. Scenes are like short lived. They're kind of like the originator. They're like the, the spark. The spark. And then if the hub kicks off, that's the flame. Cool. So that's kind of how you think about it. Miami's one of them for the Latin music. But we also have like other things popping off. Like Broward, you have everybody from like uh, Glock 9. I yeah, I remember. He's a rapper. So Glock 9, he's from Broward. Uh, Kodak. Kodak, he's another big one. X was. X was, X. rest in peace. Yeah. Um, actually, funny enough, I met, I, I work really closely or I, I was working really closely with X's engineer Cohen his name is Cohen he's isn't uh, it John no it's Cohen huh I guess uh, I guess he has multiple because I remember he this, does he does there's so, one called John something well he, he brought John up a lot but Cohen was one of the main ones um, and like he was gonna be in the documentary and everything and like he's really good with like X's mom and I was in the studio one day with him, he was mixing up some some stuff, and I mean, I don't I don't want to like talk more on that because you know it's yeah. him. And, but I was in the studio with him one afternoon, and, and for the most part, uh, we have this guy from Atlantic Records come in. He's an A and R, uh, cool dude. So he comes in. He's like, "Yeah, bro, I love searching for talent down here because like this is where like I get all like my hood rap stuff. Like, <laughs> this is where I meet my quota." In Broward, right? In Broward and like North. Miami Beach and all yeah. that area. Because I was in downtown. So Yeah. You know what? And also, just um, one last thing before we can wrap it up for this part one. Because there's definitely going to be a part, yeah. part two for sure. Um, Because, you know, I feel like we're, like we're only halfway through what you have to talk about. But um, just, just to go back to what you were saying earlier, because I just remembered what I was going to say. You said that most artists nowadays make, make their music from merch. And they make from their money se- from, and from selling. I'm sorry, make their money from merch. And you know, like from from performances. Yeah. You know what? I was wondering why is Bad Bunny here two days in a row or yeah. three days in a row? Was it three days in a row? Right in Something Miami? like that. Well, that's demand as well. Friday, like Bad Saturday, Bunny's Sunday. he's an in demand artist right now. So yeah, he's one of the he's like the top. Even exactly. like he's like he just, he just won the VMAs a couple days ago. Yeah, the top artist of the year. Or something. something like that. Yesterday. I didn't watch it because I was I was doing something at the time, but um, I've been playing with my hat like this whole time, yeah. and I don't know why, but it's like my thing. <laughs> I love these hats, by the way. I have one. I have one too. I can put it on. I, I have a, a New York Yankees one. Yeah. So I, one. I love these. Like I had it engraved and everything. But I cool. took it off like with the thing because like it, it was cheesy. <laughs> yeah. But he's an in-demand artist. So he can do as many tour dates as he wants. And he's going to sell almost all of them. Dude, out. the line for merch was insane. Well, here's the thing. He, he probably means like the, the thing is like a, a piece of merch is like probably like a. It'll a cost big... him like maybe 17 bucks to make. 
A t-shirt. Yeah, and he sells it for 50. Exactly. I, I bought one. I have it in my closet. I bought one for 50 bucks. Well, here's the thing. But right? it's worth it, though, because it's Bad Bunny. You see? That merch. You see? That merch. The, the big trend in Latin music right now is um, last tour. I'm done. This is yeah. it. I'm quitting. That's the big trend right now. Everybody. That was what that was what his last tour was called. Yeah. El Ultimo Tour del Mundo. Exactly. The, the last tour. And then guess what he's... Now, is that true or is it a lie? I don't know. I think it's a marketing stunt, and he's gonna he's gonna be like, nope, never mind. I got another album for you guys, another tour. Well, no, I mean, it's what he did. Um, that tour was for that was like last year, exactly. and it was for his album called El, El Ultimo so, Tour del Mundo, and now he made another one, and he's going on tour for that album. So it was just like so. Marketing. Here's the thing: he's gonna there's cycles. Yeah, and I can go into like album cycles, like if we do another part two, if yeah. people want to hear a part two, but I I can go into like album cycles, or actually I'll touch on it really quick. Yeah, just so, real quick. Album yeah. cycles are basically, you know how there's fiscal years? Uh-huh. So you have like your quarters. Yeah, there's four quarters. In yeah, four four quarters in a fiscal year. Okay. Album cycles work work the same way. So it's January. Let's keep it simple. Super simple. But it gets started at any point during the year. And this is how a label will like interpret it. So it's January now. January 1st. We're going to start the production process. Boom. We're going to go into the studio for two months, a month, whatever. And we're going to do all the songs or the first draft of all the songs. And then we're going to send those out, get feedback, maybe get any uh, extra artists that we want on it. Maybe bring in some extra producers, change some things up, bring in some features. Cool. That'll take about a month. While that's happening, the business end is working. Mm-hmm. Like we're starting like the promotion and and all the, um, you know, we're keeping up appearances. We're interacting. Um, that gets done. All right, cool. Production side is done after like a month and a half, two months. Let's say three, just to keep it in a fiscal year. Now we go into marketing. Now this is like when the A&R team's kicking off. So like we're picking songs, we're making single selections, we're we're starting to plan like some shows to promote some of the old stuff, um, and we're marketing some hints about the new stuff. Then we go into planning. This is where we're, we start prepping for a tour mind you artists have to tour they have to make money yeah so when the planning stage comes around like all right we're gonna play you know we, we have to plan it out in a sequential way where we don't overlap and if we do overlap we got to make sure that it's for a reason right so if i'm starting in new york or i'm starting here in miami it, it makes the most sense if i'm doing a u.s tour to go up west towards California playing, you know, Louisiana, uh, Texas, California, and then going back somewhere around the middle, maybe playing some of the hubs up north, because you also have to look at statistics. You have to look at where is the playing the hottest. Oh, wait, so 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 that's why artists pick certain cities? Because of they're certain hubs. Of course. I'm not going to go to, I'm not going to go to Beaumont, Montana, yeah. if I got two people that listen to me from there. I'd rather go to, like, the main hub in Montana, the capital, which is... Uh, I don't Whatever. know what the capital of Montana is, yeah. but I'm going to go to the capital where I have 30 million people, 30,000 people who listen to me there. And those two people can just travel. Yeah. It makes the most sense for me. You know what I mean? So, you know, you'll plan it out based on the analytics, which is something else I did for a while. There's so much into this, bro. DSP analytics and playlisting, which is like a huge thing as part of like an artist's team is having somebody who's dedicated to just looking at your metrics, see your performance on a weekly scale on a monthly scale, on a yearly scale, and on a daily scale. See the fluctuations, do the math, because there is math behind it. See the trends, analyze it, 
and develop like a marketing strategy with your marketing person, your social media person. It doesn't take 10 people to manage one artist. One or two people can do it, but you need to be in sync. Mm -hmm. But yeah, touring is simple. After the planning phase, you go into tour mode. So in the planning phase, you're planning dates, you're planning shows, you're planning venues, you're getting the crew together, you start stage design. Well, stage design usually starts around like the marketing phase because if you drop something in marketing and it's not there for the show, yeah. it's bad. So you want to keep it doable. Um, throughout the second and third process, typically you're trying to find funding for the tour because they're not cheap and they're not free. So you want to get typically probably the label to sponsor it, but then you got to work it out with the label and see how much they're going to put in, see how much you're going to have to finance see what you're going to need. Cause if a label puts in money, you're like making a deal with the devil. Yeah. You know, cause they're already taking off the royalties. You might as well, you're going to give up some touring, some merchandising. What are you going to give up to make it happen? Yeah. But if you think it makes sense in my eyes to do something like that with the label, maybe on a larger North American tour or a world tour. But if you're doing like South America, Unless you're a Latin act and you know you're going to pack the house every single night, it doesn't make sense to finance. Just yeah. honestly, just do festival appearances maybe mm -hmm. or just rough it on the road. Uh, get like a, an RV and just go on the road and just kill it and keep it minimal. You know, if you're up and coming, if you're up and coming here in America and you're on the Anglo market, you know, you're rapping, you're playing like indie pop or alternative music. Honestly, rent a U-Haul van <laughs> or get your friend with a van. Um, like you see it on TikTok all the time. People were storing school buses and going on tour. Yeah. And they just drive. And they did it all over the summer and it was crazy. Um, try and make festival appearances. doesn't have to be Art Basel or Burning Man. Um, it can be something small. I know my friend. I have a friend now in Texas. He's an up-and-coming artist. His name is... Uh, um, his name is forgot his name because it's an acronym but uh he's a, he's a great guitar player i'll i'll send it to you so yeah. you can check it out but he's an awesome guitar player eventide that's his name okay. i remember now so his name's eventide after the company kind of not really it's an acronym he spelled it differently but he just put a band together and i check him out on tiktok i'm gonna send it to you how you spell it so you can link yeah, it for sure because he's dope his TikTok page is the blueprint to how a solo act should work. And he figured it out himself. Wow. Like through trial and error. He literally like started writing songs in quarantine, putting up TikToks and started releasing. Boom. Single, 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 single. And now he just got a band together. That's pretty so impressive. he can start playing shows. He didn't focus on any of the other stuff. He did the marketing. He did the promotion. He did the designs. He played the music. He practiced. And he released music. But... For the most part, he didn't focus about like playing shows and getting his name out there or anything like that because he had like TikTok blowing up and now people want to see him live. So now he just got a band together really quick. They practice in the songs and now I think he's going to do South by Southwest in a couple months. That's super cool. So he's been at it for like two years now and he's that's why I'm saying, Jay, like I'm not hating on him, but like his release strategy like to me isn't the most it's it's not the way I would manage my artists. It's not the way I'd be like, yo, let's do it like this instead. Like, yeah. His manager's still like learning, so. Yeah. But it, I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm sure he'd find it helpful if he had somebody in his in his team like you. Honestly, that that, that knows a lot like that. I right? mean, me because I I, I come from experience <clears throat> and like I've definitely butted heads with a lot of people, um, while I was learning. But honestly, like, 
and I, I'm using him as an example because we both know him and, yeah. you know, we follow him. It's nothing personal, Jay. It's nothing personal at all. But for example, like in his situation, I wouldn't drop an album. I would probably focus on like setting up some sort of, you know, single release and maybe making like, like Bad Bunny. I'm going to use him now. I'm going to jump over really quick. Bad Bunny, when he first started, go back deep down into his playlist past all the albums. You're going to see he doesn't have a single album for at least 12 songs. Why? Because he spent a year, he created a backlog, and then he dropped every single one of them once a month, if not once every two months, for an entire year straight. But every month when people wanted more music, he had it ready to go. He didn't spend time writing, recording, mixing, mastering. It was ready. So it took him two years to come out. But by the second year when he did come out, he already spent the entire first year working. No wonder he blew up like overnight, He bro. blew up overnight because he had the music like, okay, do get him out. Here, boom. Next one, next one, next one. And, and, and out of like 100 songs, boy had like a good percentage of what were hits. And then finally, when he got to that point where there was interest and buzz and people wanted so much more, remixes to the music you already have. And the Latin market, a remix has a bunch of yeah. people on it. Like eight, like eight artists. Eight, eight artists. Which in one let song. me tell you is a paperwork nightmare. Like <laughs> negotiating eight people to split up like four percent. Yeah, is a nightmare, but it's doable. So they do the remixes, and then eventually he signs to a bigger label than the one he was with. They gave him a fat advance, and he just goes and does the album, and you made it. That's it. You're an international Easy. star. Easy. Easy said. Not yeah. done. Yeah. But yeah, but Jay, honestly, I would skip the album entirely. I mean, if you already have a release plan for it and a marketing plan and you have shows lined up, go for it. I hope you the best, but I would have done singles. Yeah. I mean, he probably already has singles out. He probably has an EP out. Oh, no, he has, bro. He, he, you know what's crazy? He just remember, He just he just reminded me yesterday. No, yesterday, the day of the show. Um, like, because he drops singles. He, he does have, He just drops singles for like the album. Yeah. So he dropped this one called Love Ya, which is like his lead single. <clears throat> um, and cool, right? I'm like, oh god, I love this song. It's nice, right? And then the the night when he was dropping when he was dropping me off um, after the show on Thursday, he was like, by the way, you know, like this song Love Ya, like I show you, I show you this song two years ago. I had the song done like two yeah. years ago, and I, I just really, I'm like, what? No yeah, way. Sometimes you have to wait then, for the right moment. And then he showed me the DMs from like two years ago when he put like a snippet and, and I responded to this to the snippet like, wow, this is fire. And I'm like, I can't believe it, dude. That's been sitting in the vault for two years. Yeah. And it was a good song too. And that'll happen. Like there's, I've I've been in situations and I've seen people in situations where they'll play me something and I'm like, yo, that's crazy. You did that fast too because I just asked you for it like last week. He's like, no, <laughs> I've had this for three years. Like J. Cole taught, speaking on him again. He had most of Forest Hills Drive done by the time, uh, I forgot what his album, Born Sinner was done. Yeah. And he just kept like, you know, building on one another, like having the next album done before this yeah. one finished. Is this a planning thing? It is a planning thing and it takes a strong team. And, which, and organizational skills. Exactly. But more importantly than any of that, it takes a trusted, well-rounded team. And that's the first thing they teach you in like music business school, I guess, is have your team in place, have your manager in place. If you're going to have one, if you're going to self-manage, then get ready to like pull your hair out because you got to learn the business and you got to learn music. Um, have your marketing people on deck, have your friends support you as much as you can in the beginning, um, whether that's posting or tweeting or sharing, that's, that's critical. Um, have a lawyer of some kind, even if you just need them to check a document once and you got to pay them 40 bucks, have one that you trust and you know, isn't ripping you off. Um, lawyers are key, man. Honestly, 
Uh, but yeah, man. You know what's crazy? Uh, okay, one last thing, I promise. But working at Baptist, they give you like a period to like to choose all your benefits. Yeah. So like health, dental, vision. Uh, vision's free actually for us. But um, there was one that I wish I had checked off because it was super cheap monthly. Legal. Legal, bro. I could have had a, I could have had a lawyer on standby. Yeah. Just like that for like five bucks a month, I think yeah. it was. Because they keep them on retainer, and then you just pay like a portion of it, and everybody. Dude, contributes. I wish I wish I would have chosen. I didn't see that because to me, I had no idea that jobs are even offered that benefit. Yeah, or, well, some do. Like a big company like Baptist ba- who has to keep legal on retainer because it's a yeah. hospital. Uh, they probably will. They did, bro. It was legal. I'm like, and I saw it at the time. I'm like, where I wish I had, a, I wish I had paid for this lawyer, but I'll do it next year for Honestly, sure. Honestly, and I'm gonna be honest with you, because I know we gotta wrap it up. Everything I told you today was a lie. No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, that would funny. I was, I was like, huh? <laughs> no, no. Everything I told you today was how everything should go. Yeah. I uh, didn't give you the good part of the story where it's like how... I gave you like my path from A to Z where I'm at now. Yeah. But I skipped over like all the side quests and all the all ugly the parts. <laughs> like all the ugly parts and all the deviations I took. Well, I think I think this is a good baseline though for the next episode because dude, yeah. for sure I'm gonna have you over once more because this is a very interesting, like it gets interesting ugly. topic. It gets ugly. It gets um, low. Like I was es- at a low point, especially since I was like really into music or I'm into like I'm into not not music but like the like behind the scenes. Um, so this is really interesting. I mean, I think this is a good a good spot to like to uh, to, to just leave, wrap it up to yeah. wrap it up at and, uh, and leave this for the first episode because we've been going for like over an hour. I think. Well, how many how many episodes do you have now? Uh, well, okay, so here's a little backstory. Last year, I began the episode, the podcast, uh, The Casual Vibe, and I had one episode with Kayla. Yeah, I, I heard that one. Everyone loved it, man. It was great. I was like, I wow. It, I heard it like a week ago. Oh, for the first time? Nice. Well, I heard it like two weeks ago for the first time. And then I heard the one with Ryan and we're yeah. talking about the monkeys and stuff. Yeah. That guy's a trip. But yeah, no, I heard that one last week. No, he's awesome, bro. But yeah, so, so backstory. So that episode with Kayla, that was last year. And I don't know what happened. I just kind of like, I don't know what happened. Things caught up to me in my life and I stopped doing it. When I, when I wanted to do it again, like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I logged into my account in my hosting provider well, for, for podcast. So for podcast, it's kind of like a web provider. It's a, it's a hosting, it's provider. a hosting provider for podcast. Exactly. So basically you go on a website, RSS is what I use. And then you, and then you create your podcast and you upload episodes. That's cool. Now, if you don't upload any episodes for a long time, and you have a, a membership, it shuts it off. And then guess what? I didn't know this, but it deletes all your episodes. So like you just lose your entire podcast. And you didn't back it up? I didn't back it up. So basically, I this I'm, this is going to be the, the third episode. But technically, I'm starting from scratch. Because you're, re-uploading, the second episode. you're re-uploading Kayla's. I wish I could, but I, I don't have oh, the file anymore. I don't have the file. Because it's still up, though. It's not up. Oh, it is. I deleted it. Oh okay. Because the thing is, it was it was on Spotify for some reason. Yeah. But it wasn't on my hosting provider, so there was no way that I could even log in to even access that episode. I got you. I got you. So like it was just there, just floating around there, and I couldn't even have any analytics on that episode. But that episode blew up. It was really good. good. It was really good. Like I look at the analytics and the metrics and whatnot. It was really good. Well, I mean, she has like a big following too. She does, and um, what she posts is a little bit provocative. Is it? Yeah, so I mean, it's awesome though. But 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 me and her had a great conversation. I enjoyed that episode. But um, yeah, that's the backstory for everybody on the episode. I haven't even thought about. I haven't even talked about this, even last episode. So that's what happened. The hosting provider screwed me over, so I had to start all over again. I saw you made a post about it, like the yeah. whole hosting thing was ho- like an issue. Yeah, the hosting. So and I was like waiting for like Ryan and like, honestly, believe it or not, 
listen to these because I watched it. I didn't listen to it. I watched it. Oh, you watched it on YouTube? I watched it on YouTube. Oh, cool. Yeah, like I, I saw like the link to the YouTube and I was like, I wonder what it is. Maybe it's like an audio file. And then I saw it was a you know video just like this and I watched it and he was like talking about the monkeys and the big cats and, and stuff. And then I put the, the thing on with the yeah. bat on his shoulder. Yeah, super informative. I'm not going to Right, lie. isn't that cool? And now this is super informative too, which is why I love doing these episodes. But um, yeah, we, we keep saying the stop, stop, stop. And yeah, we'll just stop keep going. right now. All right, well, look, I really appreciate you for coming on, Josue. We're going to do this again. Feel free to plug in your socials if you want. Um, You know, that's that's a big thing as to why I've lost touch with a lot of people. It's like I'm not really on social media anymore. I mean, I guess if if you want to follow me, like I'll, I'll you have them. Like, I'll yeah, just, we'll just say if, for up. in case. Well, people... my Instagram, my main Instagram is my name, J-O-S-U-E, Josue, and then G-R-M all together. I changed it because it used to be like J-S-T-K or like S-T-K. Yeah. You know what's funny? I see more pictures of you on your girlfriend's account than I do on your account. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, so she's, like, she's big on that. All right. But, well, yeah. Anyway, really have, I really had fun talking to you today, man. We're going to do this again for sure, okay? Yeah, for sure. All right. All right, man. All right, see you guys.